Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Satisfying Static. Hello there. <laughs> Housekeeping is going to be minimal since we actually, you know, are recording at a regular interval this time, which is lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot less to catch up on since the last time we recorded a few days ago. Correct. Olivia texted. I We have access to all of our wedding photos, so Woo. be on the lookout on the socials for that. Exciting. I can't wait to see more of them. I can't wait to find more of me dancing in the background. Honestly, yeah, you you, you killed it in, wow. all the, in all the photos. Wow. Looks great. Looks great. This is why I don't like other people taking pictures of me. For those of you listening who actually no one's seen those pictures, I am literally going as hard as possible in the background of so many of these pictures. What? It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's actually great. I think one of them made our fridge where Maggie is really, <laughs> it's one of the Polaroids. She's screaming. And like, I'm on the left, Olivia's on the right. We're like holding hands or something, and Maggie is screaming. Dead center. Behind us. In the middle. Right. <laughs> yeah, in the middle. Yeah, it looks like we're announcing her. Like we're announcing that she's our our child. It had to be all the small things. Like, or there's no way that it wasn't during Blink 182. Like that, it had to be. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Life of the party. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's it for me for housekeeping, though, I think. Mostly it for me, too. I think nothing too new. I've just been working like crazy. I'm finally like the last couple of weeks have been working full time again, Woo! which is the first time Woo! since October. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, just trying to adjust to like working a full time schedule again and stuff and getting settled in and stuff. Oh, Murray news. Murray got a cat door, so now he can stop torturing me throughout the night to the cat let door. him in and out every fucking two hours. So he's basically been, he's in my lap right now, but he's been gone like pretty much since I installed it and he figured out what it was. He was like, oh, fuck this and like <laughs> would come in, eat some treats and leave. Wow. So yeah, I apparently am useless to him uh, except for treats. <laughs> But yeah, that's been wonderful. That's been helpful because um, he's been disrupting my sleep for months because he, for anyone who knows anything about Murray, if you've heard him ever on this podcast, he is relentless. And if I try to ignore him, he'll stand on me and meow in my face while I'm sleeping. I was going to say, he's a meower. He's got, he's vocal. He's got a voice. Yeah. And he does not give up. Yeah. And it's like the, the you know, male cat meow. So it's like a meow. <laughs> Like the deep, long meow. He's a chatty cat. He just makes all kinds of noises. When he goes to the litter box, he makes all these little weird, like, murs. Like, like, what are you doing in there, oh, wow. dude? He's, in the like- <laughs> He's giving himself encouragement. Stop it. He's a hard pooper. Oh, He's like talking He's himself through himself. it. <laughs> yeah, be nice. Oh, my God. God. Okay, I didn't consider that, but thank you for putting it into perspective. <laughs> yeah. Ask me how I know this because I have to coach myself sometimes, okay? Like we all just need a little bathroom encouragement sometimes. <gasps> oh my god, Olivia walks by the bathroom. She's just like, "What is Christy? Oh, oh, she's talking herself through it. Got it. Got it." <laughs> yeah, she's encouraging herself. Copy that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay, great. Let's do the thing. Ha da ah ah boop. 
it always ends up being Mario. It always, it always, I know. I'm trying to think of a different... Uh, uh, but wait, before we start, have you seen Super Nintendo World is open? No. Oh, I thought you were going to see the movie. No, there's a theme park. Right. I, first of all, I didn't know that that wasn't open yet. I thought it was already open. Well, it, I mean, it is. It is. It opened like a like a few weeks ago or whatever. But like, if you were looking for an excuse to come to California, this is it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I would love to. And I'm not looking for any extra excuses. Trust me. But you like can play a game while you're in there and like collect tokens and shit. I'm so I want to go so bad. (laughs) Okay, well, after the podcast recording, I will look at my schedule and see if I have a weekend to fly out to Los Angeles (laughs) and we will go. Yes. All right. Okay, great. (laughs) Insist or einsicht. wondering where you were gonna take that that was not where i thought it was gonna go it sounded very german and not intentionally it did it did insist interesting that's an interesting one i'm not gonna lie i read it and was like oh shit does that say incest i can't say that (laughs) because i can't read honestly fair there's a lot of very similar letters And similar sounding things and that's why i was like what can i make this sound the exact opposite of insist i'll go with einsicht and then no one can say I thought that it was the other thing. That's where I got a little concerned of the stress of the syllables. But anyway, insist. Honestly, it makes me think of like boundaries, setting boundaries and like being insistent with like maintaining them or like when you have to be firm with someone and like insisting on like, no, I'm serious. I mean, no. But I feel like that might only be me. <laughs> no, I think in general, our generation and the next generation, the next generation better, but our generation worse at being like, no, this is my hard boundary. We seem to talk a lot about setting boundaries and a lot of us are like, yeah, this is my boundary. But then when somebody like presses up against that, we're like, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. So I have this boundary. You have the key that says that this boundary is not really a boundary and you just get to walk right through it. And that's fine. Right. We fold. We do. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know that that's definitely a thing because I think it's like a a weird meme about how like how much millennials apologize. Oh my God. So much. I I thought it was like a woman thing because like women, especially in workforces, apologize a lot because it's like to help you stop seeming bitchy basically but like it's like the entire generation (laughs) is just walking around like oh my god I'm sorry oh sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and I'm like what are we apologizing for (laughs) yeah and that midwest like excuse me I could be 15 feet away from someone (laughs) as I walk by and I'll be like oh excuse me I'm just gonna sneak in through here and it's the same sentence every time it's like I'm just gonna sneak in start just trying to sneak past you here sorry and I'm they're like yeah that's cool dude you had six (laughs) clear it Why are you telling me that again? And I'm like, ooh, right, right. Right. What is it? What is that over politeness? But no, definitely with yeah. the boundaries, like I know for me, it's it's been difficult. I don't know if I should say that it's made me feel slightly better to realize that it's like almost a generational issue. I will say like I'm definitely lax or have been lax with my boundaries and I'm working on it. But like we all struggle with this. I don't know why it feels so icky or like, wrong to tell people like no stop doing that I don't like that but I've been doing more of it I'm very proud of myself and I feel like a bitch every day all day all the time (laughs) thank you you should be proud of yourself and it's I get for the audience who can't see I gave a little golf clap Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's 
it's hard to assert boundaries and it's hard to, yeah, follow through on them for everybody, I think. And women more so, especially because we're like, well, if we're too firm on this, we'll isolate ourselves because everyone will be like, mm, they're difficult to work with right. or they're difficult to talk to right. or yeah, they're just a bitch, right? Like that sucks. And I run into it a lot at work, right? So like I talk about this here a lot. I exercise social currency. I, mm -hmm. I do a lot of favors for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And very rarely am I so out of bandwidth that I can't do an additional favor for someone. And so I'm really bad when somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, can you do this? I'm really bad about being like, no, I can't. Right. Like I take it on. And then so sometimes to my detriment, right? Like I'll forget. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Like you asked me to do that. I said, yes, I really shouldn't have said yes. And then I forgot. Mm -hmm. But just even saying that is hard for me. Like that sentence is hard for me mm -hmm. that expressing that boundary. And it's not, I think in some ways expressing boundaries feels like expressing failures. In that case, especially, yeah, because you like agreed to do something and then failed to do it. So I could totally see right. that. Yeah. But like even boundaries about like, I have boundaries about people like trauma dumping on me in an excess, right? Ooh, like okay. I- That's a good one. If I feel, yeah, if I feel like I'm at my wits end, like if I'm emotionally distraught mm -hmm. and somebody comes up and they're like, hey man, I had a really bad day. I lapsed in my sobriety today or whatever. And I'm like, oh, ah, you need to talk about this. And I, I get that. I do not have the bandwidth to internalize that. Yeah. And if I express that to them, I feel like a failure because I feel like I failed them in their moment of need. Yeah, I feel that. Mm -hmm. And because of the ADHD, we take failures so on the chin. I know. We feel like we're getting punched in the face when we <laughs> fail something. And so I will feel emotionally and physically beat up for like days. And I and I will proceed to apologize to them forever. About 40 times. Yeah. That was a very specific example. I'm not saying that anybody has come to me and been like, I lapsed in my sobriety. I was just And you're like, listen, buddy, we can't talk about this today. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I have not had any of my sober friends come to me to talk to me about this, but we we do have somebody in our, uh, what's the word I want? Not friends, but like in like an accessory. Acquaintance? Uh, yeah, there, that's the word I want. An acquaintance who is dealing with some sobriety issues and did that to someone. Went up to someone and was like, hey, I lapsed my sobriety. I can really use someone to talk to. Can't get a hold of my sponsor kind of a deal. And that person was like, I really had to tell them that I can't have this conversation. And that was really hard for me. And I was like, ooh, it's a really good example of one of those moments because I have a really hard time remembering when I do those moments. But I just remember the guilt that I feel and all the like secondhand apology apologizing. You know, if I had to apologies for every time I ever did <laughs> anything. <laughs> I know, but I like recently thought through a lot of that, especially like that kind of scenario when someone's coming to you with something like emotional. And when we have to say like, I know you're going through this, but like, I don't have the capacity to, to make space for you right now. And you're going to have to find that with someone else because I can't do that for you. I feel like that's such a hard conversation, an extra hard conversation for us than if it was like something physical. If it was like, uh, oh, hey, I need help moving furniture. And like, sorry, dude, I got to work. We'd be like, all right, totally understandable. Or like, you know, like, I'm too busy, like, I can't do that. Or like, my back hurts, like, I can't help lift heavy things, whatever. Like, we're understanding of that. But when it comes to like, space for talking about heavy things, I feel like people are less understanding. And then it becomes this thing where we feel guilty because we couldn't make the space when it's like, literally the same thing as like, someone's coming to you and saying like, hey, I need you to help me with this. And you're saying like, hey, my back's out. I can't lift anything heavy right now. So you're gonna have to find someone else to help you with this. Sorry. At the end of the day, that's the reality. 
And like when it comes to certain things like that, especially heavier things like sobriety or mental health things, I'm not equipped at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like I can only do so much. I can only offer so much. But at a certain point, like that person does need to get professional help. Like it, it or like help from someone who is yeah. more qualified. It's like the same thing as like, someone coming up to me and saying like, hey, I need heart surgery. Can you do it? No, (laughs) I'm not qualified. (laughs) So you might be more qualified than some people out there, but (laughs) correct, not appropriately qualified. Right. Like I can, I can help take you to the emergency room, but I can't perform the surgery. And it's taken me having those like sort of hypothetical, like maybe even silly conversations with myself to pull myself out of that guilt of like times where people have been like, hey, I need space. Can I talk to you? And I've been like, I literally don't have it. You need to talk to a professional (laughs) and I'm not qualified and that's okay. How can I help you find a professional? Yep. How can I help you with uh, ZocDoc, who is not a sponsor in any way, but I've seen a ton of their commercials lately. Oh, have you? Uh, Yeah, a lot of our acquaintances have used it and have had good experiences, and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I guess that's a cool thing to use. Oh, good to know. I haven't seen any commercials. We live in different worlds. We do. We do. Speaking of different worlds and people being not qualified to do things, I (laughs) have had a strong uptick in patients with retained foreign bodies. So this means that there is an item that's not supposed to be in a thing is in a thing, whether that's, you know, something in the vagina or something in the ear or something in skin, right? Like the backs of piercings people lose a lot and you have to like go through and like cut it out and stuff, right? The other day I was dealing with a retained foreign body. I'm not going to tell you where it was, who it was or what it was doing, but their visitor watch me do the thing to get it out and they said I think I could have done that and I was like oh I mean maybe right like it's a hands-eye coordination (laughs) I'm not kidding they responded with I used to play a lot of operation as a kid oh no and I think I'm undefeated still so like I think I could do and they're so they're being so serious there's no laughing there's no joking the patient is looking at them like they're being serious like and I'm like great um you could go to pa school or medical school it sounds like a surgeon is your calling please don't start doing that on people until you have been trained though i'm just gonna for legal reasons i should say (laughs) i probably would have laughed it was like this nice awkward like i'm literally i have hemostats i'm holding this object in my hand and this person is saying this to me oh my god And I like grabbed a specimen cup and I dropped the thing in the specimen cup and I set it on the table and I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm glad you you feel like my job is your calling now. Uh, (laughs) I have other things to do. Yeah. I hear that there's newer versions of operation. You should check those out. Some special edition, some Christmas, (laughs) Halloween, maybe. All right. Okay. Discharge instructions will be in a minute. Bye. People. Can I just say that the word specimen weirds me out so much? (laughs) It sounds a lot like semen if you say it too fast or too wrong. Something, yeah, something about all of it. It just makes me, meh. <laughs> Stop. I don't like that one. <laughs> I lied in that story. It wasn't a specimen cup specifically because we don't have those in my hospital. It was a urine cup. Oh. But I thought urine cup would be worse. So I said specimen cup. Way better. Really, <laughs> a urine cup without urine in it is just a, cup. a plastic cup. Yeah. <laughs> but if I say a plastic cup, people think of a red solo cup. <laughs> 
or like a Dixie cup. Yeah. So I got to say a specimen cup, because I say a specimen cup, you immediately know it's that thick, clear plastic designed to hold gross fluids and or items I've pulled from your body. That's fair. Because if you had said plastic cup, I would have imagined that like little white plastic one that you get at the dentist's office to like for mouthwash. And then in my head, I was like, how big was the thing? Correct. So those plastic <laughs> cups I call Dixie cups because there is a brand yeah, Dixie. of paper products called Dixie. Yeah. And my mother had a Dixie cup dispenser mm. in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. I remember those. To rinse with. And so we always just referred to them by the brand name, kind of like how you have the plastic bags are Ziplocs. Or Kleenex. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yep. So all plastic cups, except for solo cups, which is also a brand, Mm -hmm. are Dixie cups. I used to call them Dixie cups too, but then I realized like most Dixie cups were paper and I was like, are the plastic ones something different? So I was like, "Uh, the dentist cups. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So this is, this is such the essence of this show, but urine (laughs) reminded me of a urologist and the urologist came down to talk to me about a patient. We had a patient that we were consulting on. It was uh, the whole thing, but he had some time to burn. So he just like hung out with me and was talking to me and we got into the history of catheters. Obviously, as you do with a urologist. Right. And he goes, did you know Benjamin Franklin invented catheters? I was like, shut up. I did not. No way. He's like, yeah, Uh, actually the Smithsonian in DC has like his catheter and like this whole display for him. So he's like, so it's this thing as urologists, it's like our Mecca to go to the Smithsonian and take a picture next to Benjamin Franklin and his catheter invention. And I'm like, stop. You're kidding. He's like, no, I'm so serious. Did he show you a picture? Does he have a picture? No, he did not show me the picture. But then he proceeded to tell me all about the history of like blood products and how we used to use feathers, like bird feathers as IV catheters and all this fascinating medical history and how like apparently Egyptians were found with like these tubes and bags and they couldn't figure out what they were for. And he's like, if you live to be an old man, you're probably going to have prostate problems. So these were probably catheters. And so one day someone was like, that's a catheter. And so, you know, catheters. Wow, look at that. He told me all about how a urologist is probably the first one to do a cardiac cath because their logic, right? Like you put a stent in to open up a hole. Why can't you do that in your heart too? And so he like in front of an x-ray machine cut into his own artery and fished the stent up into his heart. And in front of an x-ray machine, he was like hitting this button, like with his five, imagine it's like a foot pedal or something to like activate the x-ray. So he was looking at his chest every like, you know, 30 seconds to watch himself do that, which is how we do modern day cardiac catheterizations. But at the time, all the cardiologists were like, yo, you can't, this is not, you can't do this. And then he did it and it worked. And they were like, oh, maybe we should look at this. And 15 years later, it became like a really substantiated thing. This is kind of a a weird tie-in, but it was a German guy because Einstein, you know, it was a German guy. And the urologist said that, you know, like Germans in the 18th century or something made like an F ton of medical discoveries. And anybody that discovers something new nowadays has to go, wait, check to see if the Germans did it first back then, (laughs) because they did a ton of it. So that was a really long detour to say that um, Benjamin Franklin invented catheters, which has to do with nothing about insisting. (laughs) But science sure is fun. That just did make me think of our conversation in the like Lego museum about art and and dead bodies because I feel like maybe this doesn't happen as much anymore but I feel like it probably still does but back in the day was like the wild wild west for science and medicine where just running experiments on all kinds of people yeah 
everyone was very much in the pool of, we don't know what works, so we'll do this. And if it works, great, we'll do more of that. And if it doesn't work, we won't do that again. Right, right. But also just like, (laughs) you know, experimenting on yourself because there are no like clinical trials or anyone willing to do this or whatever. So like cutting open your own artery, like... People were doing that with, like, biometric stuff, like, 10 years ago. Like, literally implanting chips into themselves. Yeah. No, he was saying that, um, yeah, they wouldn't, like, the rules were so strict, they wouldn't let anybody volunteer to let this man do this extremely experimental thing, so he just did it to himself. Mm, Yeah. See, there you go. People, yeah, people still do that, which is so crazy to me. But, yeah, cut themselves open, just to prove a point. I'm not gonna lie. There's no experimental thought that I've had that I felt so confident in, I would do it to myself. I have definitely had thoughts that I've been that confident about, but I don't know that any of them have involved the human body, thankfully. Right. Like, I have been uber confident about, like, an app idea. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I called and spoke to Annalie from the wedding mm-hmm. and her husband, Seth, in great detail about this app for, like, an hour and a half from my drive home. Oh, my God. I was, like, so excited about it. I was going to, like, pitch it, the whole thing, right? Oh, God. I get home. I look it up. It already exists. Of course. And I'm like, well, great. Doesn't mean you can't do it better, but... Well, yeah, but it's one of those things that like, they already have the infrastructure built. If I tried to match what they have built, it would be like a million dollar investment. Yeah, it would be like insane. Yeah, app building can be. Yeah. But you know, doesn't mean that you can't do it better differently. There's an audience for everybody. Look at this podcast. As an example, people actually listen to us talking about nothing. (laughs) The other yeah, the other day at work, I had some time to edit it. And one of the techs walked by and he was like, you working on some sick beats? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Charlie if you're listening. Uh, I was like, no, it's yep. a podcast, man. Like, it's easy listening, whatever. And I gave him the name and he like added it to his favorites right there instead of listening. To it. I'm like, oh, hey, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate it. Aww. I was like, I wish I was a rapper. That would be cooler. <laughs> that would be cooler. Y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really talk about, well, you know, I don't really talk about my internet life in my real life too much anyway. But like when the podcast does come up or somebody does mention it, I'm always just like, yeah, it's about it's it's an easy li- listening about the- I don't know, just listen to it if you want. You don't have to though. <laughs> like the easy listening part, I really try and hone in on. I'm like, you're not gonna. It's not some serialized thing that we're like we're diving into a deep investigation of something, right? Like, yeah, we're lucky if we talk about the same thing for 14 seconds. Okay? <laughs> right. I insist that we start with a word and that's it. See how I used it there? Oh, nice. Yeah. We circled back. <laughs> Yeah, we should have a, we need a sound for that. Whenever you like actually circle back, like a gong or something. Yeah, Yeah. I'll just start saying the word gong. Gong, I'll do it. (laughs) But I will say thank you to everyone from the wedding who was so sweet and came up to me and said like nothing but super nice things about the podcast and were all like so sweet and talked about listening to it and stuff. I was very overwhelmed. I was not expecting anyone to say anything, first of all. And the fact that like Powell came up to me and was like, I didn't know what you looked like, but I heard your voice and I knew who you were. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Powell was one of the first ones who was like, oh my God, yes, I will be listening to this all the time. (laughs) Like she's so, so supportive and like also has ADHD. No, she was great. It was so sweet. I was just like, like literally could have fallen to the floor when she said that. I was, I'm sure I was blushing super hard, but yeah, everyone was so nice. And I was just like, oh my God, please don't ever say anything to me to my face. (laughs) 
Never again. <laughs> so funny. But anyway. Do I have anything else about insist? I don't I think insist gives me, I have a bad taste in my mouth of that word in general because it triggers a lot of these awkward memories in me hmm. where somebody opens a door for you and then you hold oh. the door and you're like, no, no I insist. I insist. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, uh, or wait, I have a question. Does it trigger you with those memories specifically? Cause like you very specifically mentioned like opening a door is it because like you typically open doors for people. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I open doors for people, uh-huh. right? I open the door, I'll hold the door and then they take it from me and they go, go, go ahead. I'm like, no, no, no. I insist. Please just go through the door. Do the thing that I've already done. I'm not asking for a thank you. I'm not asking for anything. It's actually easier because I don't want to wait behind you to open the door slowly. So I've opened the door to make my life easier. Please go through. Just hurry up. I insist. I insist. And I say it in like this high pitched, like annoyed voice every time. I'm like, I insist. No, really go just just, because I want to say go through the fucking door, but they don't want to hear that. So I'm like, hi, this is my really, really smiley big voice. I insist. Go ahead. <laughs> it's so hard for me not to sound extremely condescending, and I just want them to go through it. I just want them to go through it. What is it? Why? Why is is that an ADHD thing? I feel like I come off as condescending all the time too, and I just like don't understand why people think that. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's the black and white logic. So I I talk about this with my therapist often. It's I don't see a lot of gray in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and so you ask a question, I answer it this way. You say a thing, I answer it this way. And because we don't fluff a lot of stuff up, it sounds like we're being very matter of fact and very condescending in a lot of ways where it's like they wanted a specific answer and we gave them a different version of that answer, but it's the factual, directly to the point, blunt answer. And some people feel like the way that's presented is condescending. I just don't see that. I think that's the part I have a hard time understanding. Like, I don't understand why matter of fact equals condescending, right? Like It's tone. That's the... Right, but it's like, you asked me a question, I gave you an answer. Like, what is wrong with my tone? <laughs> Correct. And this is why we can't have this conversation because we agree wholeheartedly <laughs> we agree. And this is literally a conversation I've had with my, specifically our couples counselor. Like me and Olivia go to maintenance couples counseling just to like make sure we don't have a fight mm-hmm. in the future, right? Like whatever. It's helpful. Yeah. And we often have this conversation of, she asked me this question. I responded in this way. <laughs> oh she God. she put emotion on my answer. She said that she felt I was mad. I didn't say I was mad. Mm-hmm. But because I answered very direct and to the point, she thinks I'm mad. Mm-hmm. And so now I often have to answer a question and then immediately after go, I'm not mad. I think I heard you say that actually. Yeah, because she gets so in her head that I'm mad at her because my body language and my tone is deceiving. It, It lies. It just does. Yeah, fair. It just does. Like, it betrays me in that way. Like, I don't know. So I, everything ends, I, some of my videos, people comment on it and be like, yeah, maybe I would listen to this if it wasn't so condescending. And I'm like, that's a character flaw I have. I'm not trying to be condescending. It is just my tone. I am really sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of stopped apologizing for it. Like. Oh, good for you. I wish I was that elevated. I just don't, like, honestly, I just hit a wall where I like can't consider everybody else's feelings all the time so like if you have an issue with me or my tone then it's your responsibility to address it with me and unless I'm like starting a fight with you I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong so that's that (laughs) like that's kind of how I feel about it but like I've also been very lucky in that like the partner I did have especially when I was like figuring out ADHD stuff and whatever and going through all of this like 
she was very, very generous and was just accepting of like when my brain was doing a lot and I was giving, no, I know you're looking at me weird, but this is true. Like when, when my brain, (laughs) when I was giving her really straightforward answers, like it took us a while, but she did get to a point where she was like, your brain is overloaded. You're doing too much right now. And like, that's okay. I can't keep asking you questions right now and would like see that. And I would like notice her like stop talking at me and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Did I do something wrong? And she would be like, no, you're just your head somewhere else. So we can talk later. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and she wasn't mad about it. She was just like, you're overloaded right now. And I get that. That's fine. And like, so I was very lucky with that. And that did help me get to a place where I was kind of like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And if you're upset about my tone, we can talk about it. But like, you know, like also it's a two-party system. It's a it's a two party system. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's in the constant that's in the lesbian constitution somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. It's a two party system. So we gotta work. We are a two together. consent state. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a bipartisan decision. <laughs> so I will say, yeah, I was I was in a weird way, I was very lucky when I was like figuring this out and learning because like I did have someone who is understanding of how I function. Now it's confusing as shit and way harder to try and explain myself to new people. Are you kidding me? No one understands me at all, but whatever, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the folks out there. Maggie is still very single. Uh, yeah. And focusing on myself currently. <laughs> right. And not trying to date. I did try to make it happen at the wedding. Yes. It didn't. So did the whole wedding party. Thank. Shout out to the wedding party for conspiring to get me laid. I appreciate every single one of you and sorry for disappointing you. <laughs> yeah, it failed. That that human being that um we tried with though. Lovely human. Announced yesterday that she is moving to New York City. Oh, exciting yay i'm so exciting excited for her that's awesome so you have a reason to to visit new york city we're heartbroken (laughs) we just started to like get to hang out there and yeah uh, i'm sure she was very cool it was a very fun wedding i mean i I totally enjoyed hanging out with her but yeah i'm just not not that type of girl so adult friends are so hard to make adult friends are very hard to make yes that is very true and it's hard to maintain and especially with adhd it's hard to maintain friendships and yeah, I've been in this like terrible catch 22 in my head because like I just moved here. Like, well, I mean, a couple of years ago now, but like it still feels new. I didn't know anyone when I moved here. So I'm starting from scratch and like making friends and building relationships. And shit has been hard, like really fucking hard, yeah. especially for like the last year. And so I started making all these friends and had all this time and was building all these connections. And then I had to dis a fucking peer <laughs> for a while. And like, these people don't know me. They don't have a history on me. They don't know that like, sometimes I'm going to need to go through tough periods where I just disappear and I'll come back. And so it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll reappear eventually. I show up again, you know, <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, you know, and I've been trying to communicate, but it's also like, how do I build and maintain these relationships while I'm just trying to like survive right now? And yeah, like that's so hard. Like at least with my adult friendships, back home I didn't realize like I've known all of those people since like high school that's how I was able to maintain those relationships is like we had built this history so they knew that like sometimes I'm flaky (laughs) you know sometimes I'm gonna disappear sometimes I'm not reliable just because of how I function yeah 
That's, I mean, like most of the wedding party with you is the exception I've talked to like once since the wedding. And that's just how our friendships are. Like we just don't, some of them I communicate with like Snapchat. I'll like send them a Snapchat similar to you where I'm like, hey, this is a life update, whatever. But like Annalie's not on socials. So I have to like text her and be like, hey, I'm alive. How are you? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for ADHD people to like prioritize that because I think a lot of us feel like we aren't needed to fix this crisis right now. And so we deal with other perceived crises in our brain and don't like nurture those old like little things. And then this is going to sound terrible, but then something bad happens to them. They die or they get injured or whatever. And then we're like, oh shit, we were supposed to do that. I think also that like out of sight, out of mind piece, right? Like doesn't, absolutely doesn't help. Like, and I, I hate talking about this because it feels shitty to talk about, but like, if you are not in front of me every day, I forget you exist. I just do. Yeah. No, it's one, it's 100% an object permanence thing. Yeah. It's it's bad. I've told Olivia that. I'm like, sweetie, when we were long distance, I was like, it's hard for me to always feel so connected if we aren't constantly talking. Yeah. Because yeah. I get into this, I like downshift into this mode where I don't have to think about other people, right? If you're not directly in front of me, you're not. And that's what makes me so good at emergency medicine because literally I'm like, great. Saw the patient, took care of the patient, leave the patient's room. I now God. won't remember your face, <laughs> your name. I won't remember any of these things. I'll remember the case. I'll remember the bad thing that happened. And that, for the most part, has done me a great service. Yeah. There are some cases that, you know, stick with me. Like, I remember every single person's face that I've had to tell has cancer. Yeah. Like, that sucks. But for the most part, I can, like, walk out and be like, I literally, this just happened to me the other day. I had a patient for the second time I've seen, walked in. I was like, hi, my name's Christine. I'm one of the PAs. I'm the one taking care of you today. What's up? And they're like, you literally took care of me last week. And I was like, LOL. So sorry. <laughs> Oops. I was like, you don't have any previous visits in the note. <laughs> Did you use a different name then? And they're like, oh yeah, I got married. And I'm like, well, okay. this is half your fault because <laughs> I would have checked the chart and been like, oh, I took care of this person, right? Like I would have done that. That's okay. That wasn't on you. But yes. Yeah. The object permanence is a blessing and a curse in certain situations and I will say it definitely makes maintaining friendships a lot harder and like you know also timeline it like all of the symptoms of ADHD make maintaining a friendship so hard because like if you text me and I'm like okay cool I need to text you back I will blink and it will be three days later oh yeah absolutely absolutely and I'll be like oh my god I'm such an asshole because I didn't reply to you and blah 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 whatever but it's like I reply to my head I know people do this but like I lose time so quickly that I don't realize how much of it has gone by. So like, I'll be like, oh, I just need to reply to so-and-so. I just need to reply to them. No big deal. I'll reply to them. And it'll be like a fucking week, you know, <laughs> like I'll be like, it was yesterday. They texted me yesterday. Yeah. I'm also running into this issue with timed content creation, right? So like I've been writing scripted stuff that I have to film and do for certain companies mm -hmm. and I will forget that it's been four days. I will have thought that it's still that first day where I got right. the assignment and I'm ready to do it. And then, you know, we're doing it on a monthly basis. And by that, you know, it's shit. It's the end of the month. Right. Oh man. Like, Ooh. Ah, right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, time blindness is a huge issue for me with work, like terrible because like I always have deadlines. I always have things chasing me. I always have like something that needs to be done by a specific time, which again, like if I think, okay, it's Monday, I have all week to do this deck or whatever. Cool. Great. I'll, well, I got busy today, whatever. I'll start it tomorrow. It's fine. All of a sudden it's fucking Friday and it's due. Right. Yep, exactly. And people are like, oh, ADHD, you guys are like productive procrastinators. And I'm like, yeah, but also because we think we have all this time. Yes, yeah. And like reality does not hit us that we do not have that time until it is almost too late. 
Yeah, like I would struggle with this so much with the same partner I was talking about er with earlier. She would very much be like, well, you still have plenty of time. It's still early. You still have plenty of time. And I'd be like, no, you don't understand. It is 4 p.m. The day is basically over. Like I'm going to blink. It's going to be nine and I'm going to have done nothing. Like you're going to ask me, what did you do in those five hours? And be like, I don't walked around in circles, scrolled on my phone. Like I have no idea. (laughs) Like where did the time go? Yeah. And you get stuck in that starting stage of not being able to do the task like yeah and i found that that part is almost worse on medication oh yeah (laughs) i seem to be able to start tasks better off meds yeah but completing a task no yeah yeah so it's almost better if i start a task stop go take my meds and come back to that task and then i can finish like it's i've done that before because i agree and i think it's just that like it helps you focus right but like the not starting a task like whatever you're doing before you start that task is where you're getting your dopamine and what you want to be focusing on and so it just gets you stuck there like I've always said that with my medication like yes it helps me focus on all the wrong things well and that's the other thing it keeps you from hyper focusing right so if I have to tear my attention away I can a lot better that's true that's a good point I actually didn't think about that because I do hyper focus like far too much which I don't yeah. I know a lot of people listening probably have ADHD so they know but for those that don't like hyper focusing isn't like oh hold on let me just like knock this out in the next hour it's like I will sit at my desk staring at my computer for 6 hours hunched over working and not move I won't pee I won't drink water I won't I can't move my eyes away from my computer because the second I do I'm going to be distracted and the second I'm distracted I will stop doing everything that I'm doing And I will not be able to get back into it. And so it's like an extremely sometimes painful and uncomfortable situation to be in because you're like holding in pee. You're like starving. You're dehydrated. Like I literally cannot move away from what I'm doing in that moment or everything will fall apart. Yeah. And it happens a lot with me with video games, which is terrible because like last night Mm. I got home at... I could see that. Yeah. What time? I got home at like, you know, 8.30 after jujitsu. I didn't go to bed until two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I can see that. I just like hyper focused on this thing because it was you're constantly completing tasks, right. right? So you're getting these dopamine hits of like I'm finishing these things and your body's like, Yeah, dude, keep finishing it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after like I cause I had to delete all of the game apps off of my phone for that reason. Because especially after like a hard day or a day where you feel like you didn't complete any fucking thing, sitting and playing a video game or something like that where you are successfully like getting dopamine hits for completing things, like yeah, I'll do that all night long and like lose sleep even though I have to be up at like four in the morning or whatever just because it's like yay I'm doing things right uh I insist we we rap that's a good insistence <laughs> is that the right use of that word uh insist- oh I don't go boy <laughs> it sounds like it it sounds like it's gonna be a process process thing so we're gonna or a proceed pressed Pro- anyway anyway we're wrapping it up is what you're saying. We're wrapping it up. We only say it on the word insist. And a lot of ADHD, some medical history and uh, operation does not make you a good surgeon. <laughs> a board game, I mean. So. I would love to hear from some surgeons their opinions on operation. But that's for another yeah. time. Yeah, right. Okay, perfect. Anyway, until next time. Bye.